Hello everyone and welcome back to the Spirituality and Magic Podcast. I am your host once again, Hunter Salazar. So, for this episode I want to do something a little different. So, for this episode I want to read the philosophy pages that I wrote when I was in high school. The different ideas that I was going through, that I was writing on notebook paper, uh, during class, because usually classes went way too slow for me. So um, I, I generally wrote philosophy, trying to understand everything that is. And also I draw random pictures, which um, I'll figure out how to share one day. Uh, but I definitely wrote a lot of different philosophy during my high school years it, to fill like a really big binder. And I have that binder right next to me. And I'm not going to say that I believe any of these things now, because honestly, I didn't look through what I'm about to read. Uh, But I will say that these are the things that I wrote when I was in high school, which is um, quite a while ago. I graduated in 2010 uh, from high school, and it is uh, is 2020, so uh, it's, it's it's been some time. I'm not really sure what I wrote in this. Uh, I'm not really sure what I was working through, but I will say um, let's let's dive into this together. So <clears throat> the first page that I have here, and I really wish I dated these better um, because there's some stuff that's dated, but most of it is not. Uh, but let's go ahead and read this uh, first page that I have here in this binder. The Importance of Mental Intervention. And I think I wrote this when I was a junior. Anyway, logic should always be applied in its purest observational form and never left out of the thought process. I I wrote though process, but I think I meant thought process. Many of the world's uh, philosophers have created ideological corrupting ideas, not from lack of competence, but from only choosing observations that behooves them. And so the logical process of observation finds a speed bump in the people who recognize it but willingly reject it. It is important to recognize those people who know of the wrongs their position brings and that they most certainly operate regardless. Because of emotional attachment to these regressions, a mental intervention is an appeal to a person or a society's logic, which we all possess. If we prefer, perform this intervention with emotion, it will fail because it plays on the illogical system they are used to. And so, nations war with zeal. As far as what could be the essence of the mental intervention, it, it can range from the logic of humanities, preservation and peace through cooperations like the UN, like the UN. Let me read that again. <laughs> the logic of humanities, preservation and peace through cooperations like the UN. <clears throat> okay, so this starting off, um, I'm not really sure. I think this was junior year that I wrote this. And I have a lot of voidist writings here too. And those of you who really know me know that um, I founded this philosophy that is voidism that basically, at its heart, um, supports 
and invigorates the idea that there is a void around the knowledge that we have, and we have to extend that bubble of knowledge out into the void. Um, and we have to keep three main virtues in mind, courage, constancy, and compassion. With these, these three virtues, our bubble can grow, and we can grow together in our understanding. But um, let's go ahead and read one of the voidist writings, one of the pages that I wrote. Um, in parentheses, it says, no new ideas. The void, the compass that guides. Someone once said to me that every idea has been thought and nothing new will be contemplated in the future. I would have to agree with this statement, but I would have to agree with this statement, but would add that it is the combination and or application of such ideas in which the creative introduction uh, touches others. Just as the words we use have been used for some time, it's the substances that show individuality. It is for this reason that everyone must take advantage of their unique combination of thoughts to add to whatever community they most, most dwell in. Every combination and circulation of ideas adds to what can be thought in the future. A reclusive and unopened community of thinkers promises little hope for progress in any section of life with which this idea applies to all. Many people around the world are not permitted to add to any community of thought because of religious or fanatical political powers, leaving them with the only thoughts with only the thoughts of people approved to be circulated. In such situations, individuality has no purpose, but neither does progress, societal, economic, spiritual, or otherwise. This situation is common among human histories. However, in that one idea of general good, in parentheses, is placed much higher than any individual's interest. Definitely interesting. I see where I'm coming from in that page. Uh, I think that this page is actually a continuation of the last one, so let me uh, continue on. From a, from a philosophical point of view, it seems appropriate that males should die out from the speed. Okay, this might not be a continuation. This is a completely different thing. Okay, so I, I don't know what I'm going to say here. It seems kind of, uh, seems kind of weird from the first sentence. Anyway, let's go ahead and read. From a philosophical point of view, it seems appropriate that males should die out from the species of man as we progress through thousands of years. The need for strength and aggression males have to offer is required less and less. The man's mind is and has been the cause of war also if the man... If mankind is to survive, men may need to pass. Assuming such a thing is evolutionarily, evolution, evolutionally, evolutionally, what I meant was evolutionarily possible, it is easy to see more than a few advantages. But is there a want for dominance among us? And would that want turn certain women into the new men? making the whole beneficial process a waste. We are like animals in many ways, but the need for dominance is falling as we see in women's attractions to males with little dominant qualities. 
So as males fall, so will the women who have the trait of soul male attraction. Along the way, and even now, this process will and does frustrate conservative values in which conserving the old way of male and female relationships will be more and more difficult as the or whether evolution of man takes progressive turns towards the complete change in societal relations. Of course, dying with who we perceive we are may be important to some who don't have a passion for progress. That is a very interesting idea. I don't know how human beings would necessarily produce without both the male and female, but maybe I was thinking of vats that were grown in. I'm not really sure. Um, there's some really good ideas here, and I, you know, early on I really addressed, you know, the negative aspects of male dominance, and that's always been a thing for me, even now. Um, I don't like how women are mis not only mistreated, but um have been cast to the wayside throughout history. That's still something that bothers me now. Um, I think that from a young age, because maybe because I felt so different, but also maybe because I just saw how people are treated, um, those who aren't treated as equal have always been groups that I wanted to, to support. Whether it be minorities, whether it be you know women that are that are dominated. Um, what have you, uh, I've always been on the side of the underdog, I feel, and I think that that, that, that what I just read really shows that aspect. So let me, let me skip some pages here, because I'm trying to get to, to some stuff that isn't on the same track of thought, and, uh, there's a lot of voidist stuff, stuff here. So let me, uh, give me a second... And while I take a second to find some more pages, uh, let's get a word from our sponsor. All right, everyone, we are back. So I wrote the front and back of a college-ruled page about currency. I have not read it at all, so let's see what I said about currency when I was in high school. Okay, so currency. Currency is of false value because long ago we forgot we decided to engage in such a system. Dash motivation. We needed to give ourselves a way to judge how much somebody has, but nobody seems to remember that all currency is worthless in and of itself and was never meant to be a reason to exist. Our logic is layered in flaws, making us essentially insane. I propose that the only way to restore our minds is to detach once again, from that which never had any meaning. If we refuse to participate in the pay-and-payment system, the collapse of currency wouldn't be necessary. It would be as a distant black hole, sucking in all that is near. A horrible wonder, but inconsequential to us. An addict never knows exactly how or if He'll leave his addiction behind for good, but if he, but if he doesn't, it will consume him utterly. The only thing I can promise is that we can have individual meaning again away from our want to consume monetary falsehoods. Trace the reason you do anything all the way to its source to see 
why you really act in such a way. Money is traceable to selfishness and has replaced any real purpose with emptiness. Oh, that was the end of that one. Um, a lot of good ideas there. Uh, yeah, that, that was definitely interesting to read because some of the ideas I still hold um, today, even though I wrote that in high school. So on the back of this, I thought it was a continuation of currency, but it's actually solitude. So this is a whole nother, uh, whole nother page. Uh, so solitude. Those who live alone must evolve to a high level of mental stability or they become insane. The mental stability of those successful in this is something we should hope for and work towards in the evolution of society. On average, every person relies heavily on their surrounding community. One who is alone will have to learn a number of skills, but also coping techniques that could be of great use coping techniques that could be of great use militarily and medically. To delve into the mind of one singular is to learn what we can accomplish when we don't rely on one another. If there is some sort of destruction to society or most of humanity, survival will depend on what we can do alone. But most importantly, is this where we will end up effectively separately or effective separately and no need for human contact? Just solely operating being isn't an attractive prospect to us now, but in the future we may think more logically than anything else. The idea points to our purpose being one of technological or academic prog progression rather than each other, an interesting prospect itself. If every man has or choose his own purpose, then it seems only likely that such pursuits capable by one man with already acquired advancements would be how we are destined to live. Very interesting. Some good points there. Don't have a lot to comment on because it's very straightforward. A lot of this is very straightforward. And honestly, I think that my writing skill is actually really good at a young age. I mean, well, not young. I mean, I was in junior year, sophomore years when I wrote a lot of this, but I'm impressed by my former my former self. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, honestly, my speech patterns, as far as typing or speaking, haven't changed a whole lot. Um, my ideas have progressed, but not really my speech patterns or my, my writings. So I have no idea what this page is. I, there's no title, um, and I have not read it. So let's dive into this titleless page. There's two sides to it. I'm not sure if it's the two sides are separate, but I figure let's just check this out together. It is, is it possible that reality is purely every person's interpretation of his surroundings? If so, then does anything really exist separate from a sentient being's perception. That question is far more complex than our first thought. We came up with the idea of existence, and nothing is bound by our idea but us. However, since we did create the concept, by that concept's constraints, no, the tree that falls in the forest does not make a sound if there is no one around to hear it. 
Nothing that we use to describe our world is our world, because description is an attempt to relay what is and is limited by the relay, relays, relays ability to explain. The process of inability, the process of inability humanity uses that we call communication is meaningless without an open mind that can listen and understand his limitations. I cannot picture humanity realizing that what we believe doesn't actually exist, but we must hope for therein lies the path to enlightenment. Enlightenment being the description of possibility. Very interesting. Okay, let me read the back. No one has the probability of life without risk of death. Life in its utmost reality relies on the threat of death to increase what life is possible in the future. The bigger the risk of death, the higher the opportunity of advantage in a common case scenario. Very interesting. You know, I, I started thinking about death and our perception of things at a very early age. Uh, even younger than these writings. And I think that these writings are really the fruits of that, of me asking the questions at, uh, beginning to ask the questions at the age of eight. Um, so what I'm about to read, I think that there are a bunch of poems. I only see the format and they're, they're poem-like, they're not, they're not paragraphs or, uh, they're, they're segments. They're, they're very spaced. And um, I think that they are poems, but let's just, let's kind of work through them. So this one is titled The Great Herd. Two by two, four by four, six by six. You have a personality that could use a fix. You think you're clever. Conformity stacks its deck with tricks. A storm of swords surrounds the mass. Please show your head. Dash in front or fall behind. All who are one of a kind, the blades will surely find. Your soul is meant to shine for you. Death does pine. Run or hide, gravity is on my side. I am unique's crucifier. You can call me inevitable. Those who stray are my accounts. And persecution is my right hand. You are a peace, but nothing alone. Bring me the conviction of will so I can eat my fill. A lot of spaces in there, but uh, really good in, really good analogies is my thought. Um, yeah, even if it didn't feel like a poem in a couple parts. All right, so this one is, uh, I think this is another poem, and it's called Take My Hand. Take my hand and see the paths that follow. Pain in my love that I seek to endure. Hate, a thirst that I dare not quench. Sacrifice, may I pay this toll well. The deserts run red with blood and give life to the soulless plants of agony. May virtue guide my will as I reap these fruits of sorrow. 
Let not one tear, hmm, let not one tear fall and feed nourishment to the evils that writhe. If I fail and give rise to a crop of torment, let me not die among these weeds, lest I strengthen a wicked land. Take my hand so that we may quicken from this country where all is lost and there is nothing to be found. Whew, man. I I know where I was coming from and that still kind of touched me in that dark place in my heart. Um but it was it was in a wonderful way. I I feel like I've been connecting and connecting dots for a long time that now I see those connections and it honestly gives me hope for the future that I'll continue to connect dots and evolve even from where I'm at. Okay, I think this is the last poem before I go into the last page of philosophy that I'm going to read. So um, this poem is called Oh My... Okay, so here's the thing. At the end of the poems, I kind of usually know it's a poem because I have, um, you know, slash or tag dark realist. (laughs) I say slash because... For God, for God's sakes, I cannot remember what um, the horizontal line before things is called. I always do that. I can. Is it dash? It's not slash. Is it, is it dash? Anyway, um, when I put dark realist after that line that's horizontal, it usually I know that it's a poem. At any rate, this poem is called "Oh My Heart," and it goes, "Oh my heart, why is thou divided?" Who will come to tend these lands? Oh, who will come to tend these wounds of which I deepen? Where can I wander in which I can cease? How can I continue on a groundless plain? When will this shroud of darkness lift from my gaze? What is to come of this deepening pit? Dark realist. Oh, God. I'm proud of my former self. <laughs> uh, I'm always, every time I look back at my writings, I'm like, you know what? I, I still would have written that now. It's like I, feels like I've been who I am for some time. I've just kind of clarified my path and clarified myself. But I've always, I've I've been this person for quite a while. It's just clarity that I've gained. Anyway, so this is going to be the last piece that I I read, and this is um, a piece of philosophy, and it has, you know, The Void as part of the title, which means it's a voidist writing. I have many, many voidist writings. Um, As soon as (laughs) I can get anybody interested in voidism, um, there's going to be a lot of material to uh, go off of. At any rate, um, so this above The Void, it says, man, man's, man's in the moments? I don't know why there's a man's in the moments. Anyway, the void, the compass that guides. And we continue into it. Does man have a nature? If we do, does it apply to every man and take but one of us to disrupt the balance, proving that we do not and never did? Or does it take all or a large majority of us to change what we may not have? We can only be sure of what we 
observe, and even then we must be wary. For we've obscured how our senses can be misinterpreted. Not by any flaw in our make, but flaw in our thoughts. You can only observe who a single person is when they know they're when they know you're there. But let their guard slash mask down because they believe you are of no consequence to them. When someone ref- refers to no one, they are exposed for all to see, at least anyone who knows to look. I believe human nature l- lives only in the absence of composure, in those small moments of abandon that happen between a d- dismissive person and a silent observer. For in these moments, the thoughts and movements of both parties show who we are to a hopeful God and determines the extremity of our guilt for for an impatient Lord. We are our past and possibilities combined with these moments in the present. Love the self who cannot speak, for it has no tongue, not because it doesn't, but because of all the things it can't describe. Uh, man, that takes me back to back to the beginnings of my spiritual path in a way. Uh, and all this stuff was completely unprompted because, you know, a lot of what I understand now is from me reading books and listening to audiobooks, but this is before I really found all that information, yet even with all the information that I have, the insight and who I was still remains very much the same, interesting. We're both discovering ourselves together, everyone. At any rate, um, thank you very much for listening. Um, If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to contact me at www.facebook.com slash hunter.salazar. Message me, friend me, what have you. Um, If you like this video, I mean, if you like this podcast, rather, um, please let me know, and I'll continue to read from, you know, all the binder of philosophy I have from when I was in high school, um, a little bit before as well, actually. And, uh, we'll go through this journey of, uh, me discovering myself together. <laughs> um, I would like to mention that the, uh, the make shift tribe four different, four separate words, um, is a group on Facebook that, uh, we've recently started and, um, we have a lot of spiritual people with a lot of different spiritual ideas and, uh, just, uh, we'd like to all grow together. It's not just for spirituality. Art, music, things like that are accepted. You know, there's not a lot of rules. At any rate, thank you very much for listening. I hope to see you all be on the channel in the future. And don't forget to continue to find yourselves, even, <laughs> especially when it's hard. <laughs>